And now, welcome to The Approach with Jeremy Seaholm, Danny Finn. Welcome to episode 18. X-V-I-I-I. Three eyes. Three eyes. How many did I say? Did I say three? No, you said three. So it's going to get confusing next week. No, I know that one. That's easy. X-I-X. Right? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, I always get confused when you have to add or subtract. Well, WrestleMania just did X8. I pulled it up. Icon versus Icon. That was great. <laughs> so, two movie stars fought each other. That was kind of cool. That was cool. <laughs> so, this is going to be a confusing podcast for one reason and one reason only. They were done a little bit out of order, and we kept saying this is podcast 17. It's podcast 18. We're not going to go in there and delete everything. It's <laughs> 18. <laughs> yeah, start, start like dubbing in. Yeah, yeah, we're not doing that. So for all intents and purposes, when you hear this is podcast 17, uh, we lied to you. It was, it was recorded 17th, but it's the 18th we aired. Only to make Frank wait because he kept asking incessantly when this is going to be aired. It's not up yet, Frank. Still not up. Oh, wait. I guess, well, at, this, I guess at this point it is. <laughs> yeah, as we say it, it's not, but as you hear it, I guess it is. So let's get Frank in right now. The sooner we get out of here, the sooner we can... Frank and Kyle. But Kyle doesn't complain as much. This is true. So, all right, let's get it started. Frank and Kyle. Well, I want to thank you guys for coming on the show. I mean, it's we've been trying to trying to set something up, but, you know, schedules have been kind of crazy. You guys were initially our first pick to be the first guests on the show. I was going to say, we were supposed to be your, your kickoff, your inaugural. Well, you guys are kind of the godfathers of Candlepin podcasting, so it only made sense that that was the direction we were going to go in. Well, may, maybe Kyle is. Well, the two well, of you with Alley Chat and everything else. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, well, yeah, we uh, we started Alley Chat what? Uh, 2015, Kyle. Was yeah, it? Yes, February 15th. February 15th. I think I think we actually launched the first episode on Valentine's Day. Um, it's romantic. Yeah, that's exactly what my wife said. <laughs> um, and it, it kind of became, yeah, it kind of became, you know, its own thing, and and people liked it. It was it was the first type of thing of its kind, right? Um, and. You know, I had had an idea to do it for for quite some time. I don't know if you guys remember Rich's website, Everything Candlepin. Um, I'm vaguely. Yeah, so I it, it might even still be up there. I'm not sure, but you know, I was I was helping him with that, and I said, you know, this we could really like push this website if we had a co- uh, podcast. And you know, it was just kind of an idea, so we never really never really made anything happen with that. Um, which is funny because I visited him, visited him at work one day when he he was working at Suffolk, and I was like, "Oh, what's that little room over there?" And he's like, "Oh, that's the podcast studio." And I'm like, "Rich, you have a, you have access to a podcast studio, and I've been talking about doing a Candlepin podcast for like a year now." Um, but you know, and Rich was involved in helping me and Kyle out with it with Alley Chat too. In fact, I don't know how you remember Kyle, but I remember him coming up with the name Alley Chat. I could be wrong. I remember the initial test of a Valley Chat. I didn't even know about any of the background involving you wanting to do a podcast until the three of us sat down that initial pilot to do it. Right. Because my thought was that 
I wanted to get more people to bowl at Classic Candlepins roll-offs, and I thought that a podcast would augment what we were trying to do and just getting more people talking about the sport and what's going on. Right. And, of course, it grew from there. It did, and we kind of had, I guess we could call it a partnership between Classic Candlepins and Alley Chad uh, for some time, and, you know, it did really well. People, it attracted really good bowlers. People were approaching me all the time saying they wanted to be on the show and stuff like that. And Well, I mean, the production quality was, I mean, miles ahead of anything else. Well, I, you know, Kyle can probably attest to this. I'm a bit of, I, I tend to be to maybe uh, the point of it being a fault, a, a bit of a perfectionist. And right. I don't like putting stuff out there if it's if it's not going to be the best it can be. No, um, I get it. But I mean, like the setup, like you had like the, was it like almost like the sports center desk kind of thing yeah. going. <laughs> like th- that was so cool because like we never saw anything kind of like that in a bowling show. It was almost like you were like treating it as one of the major four professional sports in like setup. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely well, took it to that next, like the next century of bowling. Like you felt like we were taking to that next step and it had some premier matches that really, I think better than probably anything else that's out there right now, as far as head to head matches. It did. Kyle, was that the command center or the control center? I forget. The control center. The control yes, center. That's, <laughs> that's the line I, I came up for because when you look at Riverwalk, Lafayette, what have you. I mean, obviously it's an older house. So mm-hmm. let's, my thought process was let's think outside the box. What can we do to make it sound better? Because the gear that we had from Amesbury going through local access for classic candle pins was, I mean, they're used to, you know, being at churches and, you know, right. town hall or, or what have you. And this is, that was an, uh, an endeavor that was far outside the sphere of anything they had attempted. And I felt like, and I feel like Frank took it to another level, is that we should be treating our sport like it's one of the major sports because Mm -hmm. as a fan of the game, that's how I viewed it. And I felt like there was a lot of opportunity for us to exploit. And we did that with Alley Chat going forward. I mean, there's a lot of capital that Frank invested and I did too, more for the Amesbury stuff than, than, than Alley Chat. But I mean, we're talking thousands of dollars and that's Mm -hmm. why when you look at it, that final presentation, anything that we uploaded, I feel like it still stands up. Well, I mean, you, 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 you showed me that this little tiny thing over at Sunnyside when we were doing the tape you're like yeah this thing here this was 300 bucks I'm going what? Yeah my little video (laughs) capture card for the scoreboard which I couldn't get to work (laughs) but like but things like that like you know to make it look that good I mean I know I've I've, I've searched like um, packages for for like Premiere Pro and stuff like that 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 shit's not cheap well that's what Kyle's alluding to he spent right. you know like he said thousands uh, on on graphics packages uh, motion packages for, for just to make the show look a lot better than uh, you know a, a standard stand-up camera or whatever would, would 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 make it look like right and Kyle I'm sure you can speak to not only just just purchasing that stuff, but the time spent learning how to use it. Oh, that's the biggest thing. I mean, it, the whole thing, I don't think, unless you've gone through it, you don't know what an undertaking it is to start from an idea mm-hmm. and take it to your product that you're uploading to the public. It's a very, it's ultimately very rewarding. It's very difficult because there's so much to learn. 
And right. beyond that, there are personalities outside of the partnership, you know, between Frank and me that y- you have to work with. And I'm not talking about just the proprietors. I mean, you're talking about the bowlers too, and other people that you can hopefully bring on to uh, help aid in the production. Cause there are a lot of things to do. I mean, you don't wear just one hat. I mean, mm-hmm. Frank and I are wearing four or five different hats out of necessity right. because that's what you have to do. And it speaks to the commitment that we had to the production itself and what we're trying to accomplish, what we're trying to put out there. I mean, there's a lot of, I feel like we took a lot of pride, uh, in any endeavor that we tried to do, whether it be just recording a podcast and, uh, rating different anchor bowlers or, you know, the different interviews that we did, or I never thought in my life that I would ever call the worlds and we've done a few of them together and it's 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 crazy but um it was a lot of work and it's quite an undertaking but um look we work together to create something that will hopefully last forever you know with the interwebs being the way that it is you know Absolutely. And that's kind of one of the reasons we did the podcast like we did now. I know you guys did a few interviews, but for us, it was always just a way for people to be able to tell their stories. Like, you know, you guys are telling the story now. And, you know, I think what you guys did kind of not only lives forever, but created a ripple effect. I don't think that we do what we're doing if it wasn't for you guys. Well, I take that as a compliment. I, I don't know that that's entirely true. You know, I'm sure someone would have had an idea like this along the way. And by the way, you guys are doing a great, I mean, a great job with all this. Think, think of the... How many episodes do you guys have now? In the I think teens, this is right? Seventeen. Yeah. This yeah. Is, yeah. This is seventeen. And look at the names you've got. You've got Olsta. Yeah. Uh, you had Alfie Johnson. Um, I think we just had that, Bob Whitcomb last week. We had yeah, Decline. But Decline, Craig. You know, so you guys are doing awesome with this. And you know, I, I, Kyle, I'm sure you remember this up in Fredericton. We we interviewed Bobby Whitcomb for for an episode, and that was just unbelievable fun. Oh, he's awesome. one of my. He's one of my favorite people. Like yeah. he's I've never seen him upset. Like even when he's angry, he's not angry kind of kind of thing. He was so excited to do it. And oh yeah. You know, he's just like one of those people you're just happy to be around. Excited for the game. Like you can see the, the right. excitement in his face and the tone of his voice. Yeah. Yeah. And and really no matter who you are, what skill level you are, it doesn't matter. Uh he is always going to root for you always encourage you always yeah push you to be it push you to improve and be better um i've never seen him you know be snobby or anything to anybody no. everybody loves no. bob i talked no. to him briefly um over in woburn about the youth league over at timberlands how he's helping out with that which i found kind of uh interesting that he didn't bowl as a youth bowler himself mm. and uh he made a comment to me where he said you know we have to look in the mirror and say the game's not about you and me anymore it's about these kids and i said i got news for you bobby the game was never about me i was never that good <laughs> but uh i'll take the compliment as it was but yeah he was uh he's an exciting person that we were able to talk to who else were you able to talk to that was some of your favorite people that you got to maybe have longer conversations with than you wouldn't have if it wasn't for alley chat um uh, kyle uh i'm sure you'd agree that the two that stick out to me would be dan murphy and uh ralph stewart of course i I was actually at the um the the Oh, yeah. instructor class when you guys I think we left and then you guys did the podcast afterwards. that's right that's right you're totally right yeah so yep. we're bo- we we all three of us became certified that day yep uh Kayla <laughs> was there as well oh that's right yeah yeah okay I, forget. I remember I asked uh I asked Jeremy what certified instructor was and he said I don't know I have one buried somewhere in my house 
Yeah, I don't know where my certificate is either. <laughs> it expired. It was only supposed to be good for like 10 years, I think. I didn't oh, think really? it expired. I thought it ex- they they started expiring later. Oh, I thought they were good forever, and now they expire. Wow. Yeah, so I, like I actually. Water. I, I reached out to Danny. I I mean, I expected the answer he gave me, but I just wanted to give him an opportunity if he wanted to just, you know, I mean, yeah. obviously virtually, you know, whatever, and just talk with us. But he 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 just doesn't have the strength right now. That's that is unfortunate. Um, you know, I hope but the door is always open if anything can oh, change. You said if it, if anything like anything changes that he'll he'll reach out to me because I'd I'd love to be able to talk to him. Yeah, he's it's a great guy. To... Oh, go ahead, Kyle. Oh, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Frank. I was just no, going to no, say no. it's it, it's hard to consider someone who's done as much for the game and all the different roles that he has all the different hats that he's worn over the years. I mean, obviously he, he was on five back in like 69 for crying out loud, just crazy. Obviously he was in two live shows and producer for a long time, obviously on 50 and then on Comcast forever. So, um, obviously it's terrible. It's horrible what he's going through right now. Yeah. I mean, what hasn't that guy done? I mean, you think bowler check proprietor check commentator check, like guys done everything. And we're not yeah, talking. And he's excelled each time. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say, we're not talking just bowler. Like that guy yeah. is lights out. Right. Like completely on every show he's ever been on. Yeah. Somebody um, did, on. Did, did he, on did he tell you? Oh, sorry, Kyle. Go ahead. I was going to say somebody on YouTube uh, made a comment. Um, it might have been the upload of Big Shot when he went against Elmer Tibbetts and he had the. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The. 466 or whatever it was Mm -hmm. and he said I don't know if anybody in the history of the state of New Hampshire is better than Murphy and as a as a bowler and I think I'd probably put Babe ahead of him and you could make an argument with Lipke and you know some of the others he's certainly in the conversation yeah you know I mean the run on Nesson he had and obviously the run on five with the, the string of 400s and bringing that expertise over to 50 and he was on there for a number of years obviously and he would have still been on had the show or had the station got sold to that home shopping network or whatever and that <laughs> fell through and anyway i and it, you want to talk about things that ripple through you know that last forever uh caitlin and i run the kids league i still tell kids you know today that if they're looking to take the next step to watch that dan murphy guide to better bowling that's up on youtube did he just, did he tell you the story behind that of what he actually like threw the, they two, had strikes, that. the two unaired strikes he threw a four bagger, right? Yeah, yeah. he yeah, yeah he had like a one ninety something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because and, and, people, and people are gonna be like, this is this isn't realistic. Yeah, yeah, it, like because Mike Morin was scoring it. Yeah, and I think he was like, all right, we need to like cut some of this out because it's, it's just we're gonna get people's yeah, we're gonna get people give people the false impression that Campbell is easy. Right. I remember too in the class he had said before he had started that somebody had told me, you know, try to throw like a double, a spare, an open. He said, I can't just throw strikes on command, and then he goes and opens. With with a four bagger, so right, right. <laughs> but maybe that's all it took is just somebody to tell him, just go up there and throw a double, you're fine. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes that's all that's all it yeah. takes. That easy. I mean, if, if I mean if you're Tommy, I guess I guess it works that way, but yeah. <laughs> according you know, to Bob Lee, you only threw two per game. Wish I could throw two per game. <laughs> <laughs> so Frank, before before you guys started doing this podcast on the show did you always have like an affinity for like the av stuff yeah i mean i've all you know i'm uh, how deep i go with music and stuff like that um not really recording it or or writing music but just loving it um but i've always 
had an eye for little details when it comes to uh, you know cinematography, film stuff like that. I got I have a I had a minor in in at UMass Amherst in film studies, um, and you know I did like a student film and stuff like that. I always I was for whatever reason had been interested in it. Nice. Um, and then it, it just kind of dawned on me, like my two two of my favorite things could come together: candle pen and you know camera stuff, video right. stuff. Um, which is funny because we started as just audio, right? Um, but you know, I think given the nature of our sport, like uh, video uh, needs to happen. Well, you can't be frank face with just audio. Well, <laughs> yeah, I suppose <laughs> that's true. Um, but yeah, I, I'd always been interested in this type of stuff, um, and I'd also say, you know, just my general interest in tinkering and making stuff work. Um, you know, right now I'm huge into woodworking. You can probably see my workshop. I was about here. to say I couldn't tell. Yeah, <laughs> I can't tell at all. Um, you know, it's a disaster in here. But I just really enjoy being creative, producing things. Um, the the hardest part of it sometimes can be putting it out there for people. Um, and you know, but also that can be very re- rewarding as well. I mean, right? It. Um, I guess it, it, it depends on your perception of how people receive it. And speaking of music, to quote our favorite frontman, James Hetfield, uh, he once in an interview said, just whenever you put something out there, don't read the comments. Right. Don't read the comments, um, which is very hard. It's good advice, but very hard to always ignore them uh, because there's a lot of good stuff, too. But there's always that one bad seed. Right. You right. want to you want to read the good things. But like you said, you're, you're going to see one that's going to base that's going to, you know, ruin everything. You know, why didn't you do this? Why is this like that? Why? You know, it, it doesn't matter. I think I'm it's sure also th- tough, too, because our audience a lot of times is kind of our bowling family. So it's not, you know, user, you know, whatever, 7742. Right. It's, you know, the guy that you just saw bowling up at Metro. You know, exactly. And, you know, you're going to see him again. Yeah. Right. So if he says something that pisses you off, it's like, all right, how do you handle this? You know, Um, but, you know, then then again, with as Kyle was saying, with the interwebs being what it is, there's a huge opportunity to misunderstand what people are trying to say, too. True. You know, sometimes just general polite feedback can be perceived. I do it all the time. It pisses me off when someone says this about that, but they really didn't mean anything harmful or bad. It's hard to tell tone in. In text. text. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know. But yeah, to answer your question, I've always kind of been interested in this type of stuff. And and, um, I don't know. I think it's, it's good for the game good for us and, and it's amazing that we're in like the stage of the world i guess where you know say like 15 years ago or whenever comcast went off the air it's like great what are we gonna do we we don't have a bowling show like now there's a million different ways to put a bowling show out there yeah look I at mean, what i mean look at what bob lee does i think uh, from my understanding he's just popping up ipads yeah and you know he's got a multi-angle shot or multi multi angle presentation with with commentary with live commentary. Have you yeah. talked to him face to face? No, I've never his met him pa- in person. His passion for what mm-hmm. he's doing is incredible. He just one day was watching. He was a fan of ACST actually. The uh, yeah. you ran uh, 
and it was last year it was a semi-pro match and he had come down um, I think I was bowling Dan Castle but I could be wrong and you know he said you ever thought about having commentating I said yeah but who's going to drive over and do commentating for Candlepin he's like well I right. wouldn't mind if, and just little by little it went from you know calling golf shots for bowling shots and then started <laughs> delving into the stats of everything else and he really just kind of took it and ran with it and you know I think uh, you know he and he self admits like he made a few mistakes along the way but just found ways to get better and better at it and it's, now he's got a new camera angle that's um, I don't know if you've seen it but it, it looks right at the scoreboard now so as oh, the bowlers nice. are bowling you can see the score up there yeah. and I think it's a higher quality so it zooms and doesn't look pixelated or anything like that it's, it's incredible what he's working on yeah that's great and I understand he's a fantastic statistician. Like, yeah. And uh, yeah. Well, then one of the things, and to tell a story, I don't know if it's ever been told on the podcast, but the Bowling Nerd Network, the background behind that, and, and Jeremy knows this, is our, our former boss, uh, PJ McCall, used to call mm. everybody bowling nerds. But he always said it uh, positively. He always called himself yeah. a music nerd. So I think you'd probably cross over both of those uh, things. So it was never, it was always meant with a term of endearment. So I had started uh, Bowling Nerd Network on Facebook, and then it kind of just fizzled out and died like a lot of projects that I think were going to be a good idea. And then I was talking to Bob, I don't know, maybe six months ago, a year ago, and he said that he wanted to create a Facebook group that just had all the stats and everything else. And I was like, oh, actually, I think yeah. I have a group for you. So I just handed him the keys to the group and said, go at it, because I think you're perfect for the job. Nice. I think he's made the he's made the most out of it. Oh, absolutely. PJ still messages me saying that he wants residuals off that though. <laughs> <laughs> There's but, a I felt like a few years ago that there was a place for analytics in bowling beyond yeah. what we saw on the scoreboard, beyond what we were taught to look at. And that's why I felt like it was a good idea to separate ourselves from some of the other internet presentations out there and count every ball that was thrown. Yeah. And then make graphics for that throughout the match, you know, which I'm can sure take a long time because there's a lot of rendering, a lot of counting. Sure and, wow. So, I mean, he, he, he dives deep. <laughs> And there's an yeah, appreciation well, for that because I don't. I think it's a way of the game that really we weren't looking at. <laughs> now, Frank, I know I know you grew up bowling in Malden, right? Yeah, yep, right. I did. Kyle, Kyle, did you did you grow up bowling in youth leagues? No, I didn't. Um, actually, the first time I ever had any formal instruction was the day that uh, we met Danny at Boutwells. Oh, really? Oh, wow. So um, everything that I've been exposed to is anecdotal. Um, I mean, a lot of my exposures through my dad and actually probably more through my uncle um, because, you know, at that time, my uncle was chasing roll-offs for 27 and 5 and 50 and mm -hmm. such. And, I mean, I got to bowl with Mike Sargent at a very young age. It was like me and Mike against my dad and my uncle. That was at Academy. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, to me, Mike was like Larry Bird. Right. And that was kind of the feeling that I... Like, my mission and what I tried to do for Alley Chat was to give viewers or listeners the same feeling, the same experience that I went through as a fan. Bring that to them. Mm -hmm. Because for me, like, you're not going to go, you're not going to have a beer with Larry Bird after the game. It's just not going to happen, you know. But you can have a beer with, well, Mike didn't drink, but I'm using him as an example. Like, I mean, I got to know Mike for, well, then obviously Chris later on. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I, through my uncle, I got to, you know, I would follow different teams on Friday nights, you know, as a teenager. I wasn't even bowling in any leagues, but 
I mean, I knew pretty young that I wanted to be Gillis or Four Acre or Doug Brown. And this allowed me to do that. Never, ever, ever thought it would happen. I mean, it's just, this whole thing is very weird to me when you look back on it. Yeah. I mean, you guys call it some um, great matches. Oh, I mean, it's, it's a dream. It really is. I mean, just like going to the Hall of Fame banquets and just having, like, I, growing up, to me, rooting for Olsta was rooting for the Yankees. So I never rooted <laughs> wow. for him to win in a single match. When it, when he was getting ready to go into the hall, Tony Marie got his number for me. Complete stranger, never talked to him. He gave me two and a half hours of his time just talking about bowling. And that's the kind of person that you're going to find, that I've found, that you're going to find in the game. And that's what makes the game so colorful and so amazing are some of the personalities. Sure, there's always going to be a bad apple or two in there because that's just the way that life is. But... For me, I mean, there's just so many memories, um, you know, going back to, you know, Lafayette and and then later, you know, Metro Bowl and, you know, when Chris uh, Sargent left Lafayette and went to Metro Bowl and seeing that team and, um, you know, Tom Morgan was another guy that uh, just a, what a good dude. I mean, another one that, you know, left us far too soon. And that's what uh, makes Al's show so special because, it's kind of scary when you look back on it and think of how many people that the game has that we've lost to cancer. Mm. Yeah, and it's it's horrible. Um, I think I told the story in the the last thing I did for Ali Chat the uh, the Worlds at Academy when uh, when Mike when I uh, when Mike Morn uh, was my partner for that and then, you know like I that was the first time that um, I think that was October of '01 because that was the first time Fuller made TV at. Uh, in Beverly and uh, he was there with Mike actually my uncle bowled in that roll off too and he he knew that they were going that it was going to be too late and uh, of course we all know the the clip um, when he made the tournament of champions on 50 mm-hmm. against Santora I mean that's to me that's one of the great moments of our sport yeah and I know I'm taking a long time to answer your question no no it's fine no it's fine but um, I just have, I, I went through a very unconventional route. I knew that I would never be to your level. You know, I would never be, I would never be the level of a pro, but I always enjoyed the game and I always enjoyed the different productions and how the different shows presented their product. That was fascinating to me because I took that and I took all the stories that I, that I heard from my uncle and all the, all the guys that. I had met and girls over the years and I applied that to all the different broadcasts and all the different podcasts and all the interviews that we did. And as it turns out of these obscure stories that my uncle told me over the years, they all panned out. They all were true. And it was a great feeling to be able to use that, um, all these years later and have this kind of opportunity, you know, with the, you know, with the technology and going back to what you, the question you asked Frank about, about AV, uh, the the jobs that I've had when I was working or able to work um, was in either the sale or the installation of consumer electronics. And some of them were pretty high end. Yep. So I always had the the thought in my mind: if I wasn't going to follow my dream, at least give the at least sell the dream or install the dream of an experience of you know like watching a you know spending. 
twenty grand in a home theater and you know feeling and seeing uh, I don't know Top Gun with you know two Sunfire ten inch subs that are a combined thirty eight hundred watts that blow your house up. You know that's the kind of that's what I wanted to give and. Um, so I took that AV, my experience with it, and added that to my love of the game and what I could add in terms of my ability to call a match and keep it interesting for up to three hours at a time with no breaks sometimes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I got I to gotta give you major credit to that because I found out earlier this month that how difficult it really is. I mean, yeah, I, I, I've been I've been telling Frank like I'm like oh God it was so bad it was so bad it was so bad <laughs> like I would forget to do this I would forget to do that and then like it, it was just I I didn't I never felt never got comfortable you know and well and you know it's gonna it, come it, with time I know but yeah it was your I mean it was your first time um, being the like the lead on this correct correct. Yeah, so I think in that case, you did a, a phenomenal job. And like you said, it's only going to get better with experience. Um, it, it just takes time, just like, just like you know, the, the way I felt unprepared for the show. It's always like you, you feel like you, you can put all this time into it, and it's never going to be enough. Um, right. Did you feel any ring rust getting back into it? Because I know it's been a while since you guys are really doing like alley chat. Yeah, I mean, and that a lot of that is my fault because a lot of it, a lot of my equipment wasn't really organized. Um, I should have done some more extensive testing with the the scoreboard stuff like that, um, and you'll see that in the broadcast. And 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 you know, I, I guess what I'm really grateful for um, in in this situation, this point in time, is Brendan O'Dowd. So Brendan mm-hmm. O'Dowd similar passion to what Kyle and I have and he's very tech savvy he works for Dell computers um, knows all these coding languages and stuff like that so he's he's actually offered to handle all the editing so I'm, I'm directing the cuts live when we're there and simply handing him a hard drive with the videos on it and he's going to dress it up with graphics and music and scoreboard stuff like that um, and you know, I was pretty clear with with Alfie and, and and with Brendan going in that like now that I have two kids, I simply can't commit to doing that. I can commit to that full day being there at the bowling alley, right. setting up, breaking down, recording, and 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 directing. But the the post production work is just as Kyle was saying is so extensive. Um, and Kyle, before we go any further. Uh, on that point and also on your point to making people feel like they're getting the best product possible I still get you know people still get questions hey is Kyle ever going to bring the Friday Night Pro recap back like that was the best thing ever that came and, up on one of the questions yeah and and, and you you know Kyle uh, you're just you're the guy you are the you are the guy to do that um, and you know you, you know I it, you know, I know that you're the best, and and I, th- I think deep down you know that you're the best too. But you don't want to want you, you're too humble for that. But um, that really, you know, I felt like I was listening to like the Sports Hub or WEI or something. I when did I was too. Listening to that, I, you know, I, I agree. I did too. It, it's just like you know, you went so far in depth with the stats in uh, the narrative that you would create. Really put people in that that atmosphere. That's the whole point. And going back to what I was saying before about wanting to take the sport and present it in a way like it was, you know, on ESPN, for example, because I felt like 
even people that I don't know wish that my me and my kids died in a fire or something. I'm still <laughs> going to give them that bowler the respect that's due to them, mm-hmm. even if they have even if they throw 290 that night. Doesn't matter. Right. Point is, it takes so many years to get to a point where you can. I mean, look, we only have one pro scratch league in this country that I'm aware of. Um, and that's it. So why not present it in a way to highlight all the different teams, all the different bowlers? I mean, that's why I was looking at it like this is a way to sell the game. It can't just be about the game. It's got to be about the houses. It's got to be about the bowlers, most importantly. Right. Because that's what gets people, to me, that's what gets people involved. Like, I feel like as a fan, when you're looking at that league in particular, even, you know, you take the Worlds, for example. To me, you should have, if you're a fan of this sport, you should have a favorite team. You should have a favorite house that you like to go to watch the best compete. That was one of my that was one of my goals that I set out to do is to because that's the way I felt. I mean, when I would when I, I mentioned before about how, you know, I'd follow different teams as a kid. But I mean, as an adult, you know, I'm rooting for Frank. I'm rooting for the hatchet man, for example, to run the table and shock the world. I mean, and when they lose, it hurts. It hurts the way that, you know, like if you're a Pats fan, you know, when the Pats you know, lose Super Bowl 46 or something. It should feel like that because you're that committed as a fan, you know, not just because, you know, Frank's a good friend and, you know, they, the entire team kind of took me in and I appreciate that. I feel like it should be like that for anyone else who's a fan of the game. That's what I tried to bring in. That's the experience I wanted to have or that's the experience I wanted to give to people. And that's why I felt like doing things like the recaps would get people into watching the league and getting into, wow, I mean, this team's in third place and uh, they get a chance to get a bye if they take six tonight. I mean, that's a big deal. I always tried to make what we were working on seem like it was the most important thing in the sport. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, that wasn't hyperbole. It wasn't bullshit. That's what I truly felt because I was taking my time away from my family. I knew Frank was doing the same thing for nothing because we felt like it was worth it yeah. to present the best possible product product for whoever it was we were covering. Doesn't matter if it was guys or girls, whatever. I always wanted to see the best compete against each other. That's just the way I am. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing better. Let me back up. There are a couple things better. <laughs> <laughs> now I was going to ask you, do you still consider yourself a fan of the game? I do. Um, I don't, I don't, I mean, I'm, how do I put this? Um, I'll always be a fan of the game because I feel like the game has healing powers. And again, that is not hyperbole. And let me explain. Um, I've had a lot of health problems over my life, and I'm not going to get too involved in that right now. But when you get to a point when you're in bed for months at a time, sometimes there's you need things to keep you going. You need to, not only do you have to surround yourself with positive people, but you need to surround yourself with things that create positive images, positive feelings. And for me, that's bowling. You know, like there's a, there's a random match that, uh, that, I, that actually I called. It was a Friday night match. It was uh, when Malden, when, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, when Malden Square still had, uh, well, they had two teams then. They bowled against one of the nine academy teams. <laughs> and uh, Winchell's another 
friend of mine, he's right down the street from where I am, so he drove me to Malden. And Frank took the time to bring his gear and set everything up so I could call the match. And I don't, it didn't matter if anybody saw it. I treated it as if everyone was watching because that's just the way I'm programmed. And just watching that match just for a little bit just takes me away from whatever it is that I'm going through. And I, I hope that I can give, that we could give other people that same kind of experience. You know, it's, and it's just a lot of fun. You know, I mean, I, I don't know. So to answer your question, to take three minutes to do that, yes. I'll always be a fan of the game. Um, I may not be aware of everything that's going on today in the sport, um, but, I mean, I, I obviously hope that, that Al's show takes off. Absolutely. I'm worried about the, the, the state of the game because of things that are outside of the game that can influence the economics of it. Um, but I don't know. Only time will tell with that. I, I had to ask the question because, sorry, Jeremy, I, I was going to say I have to ask the question because, like you, like I never really thought I was going to get to the level of you know Pro Bowl like Jeremy or Frank. I've always considered myself more of a fan of the game. I love bowling. Um, I try to compete. You know, I bowl in the semi-pro league at ACST. Um, I've had the privilege of bowling up at Exeter. But for me, my love for the game was always above my skill set, which is good because my skill set isn't that good. So, but uh, but to hear that your passion for the game doesn't drive from accolades of, of yourself, but just the, the joy of, of seeing the, the top compete, like that's kind of how I felt and how I got into it. But uh, okay, so I mean, you you say you're 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 not that good, but what were you averaging three years ago? Three years ago, probably ninety seven. What are you averaging right now? One hundred six, one hundred seven. Okay, so I mean, that says a lot. Give yourself. Well, I think some a lot of that was game. bowling, you know, bowling at extra bowling against these guys, and also like I have to give it up for Frank for allowing a semi-pro division in the ACST. I think a lot of guys uh, really benefited from that. I mean, Eric Seeger was one of them. I think Brendan O'Dowd is one of those guys. A lot of people are those 1-0 guys that never get a chance at an Exeter or a Worlds or something like that, or feel like they're just becoming donators if they go to the Pro Series, but now they had a chance to showcase themselves against each other. Most of the times you're in house leagues bowling against, and not to knock these guys, but 70, 80 bowlers. Right. Now you're bowling against a bunch of other 1-0 guys. You're, a lot, you're, you're seeking its, your own level at this point, and now you're trying to beat 105s, 106, 107. Um, and I, I know the league has expanded a lot, but I don't know if you've followed the stats at all, but I threw, I had the high five in the semi-pro last year at 602. That wouldn't be a top five score, and we're in week three in the semi-pro That's this great. year. Guys really? are throwing 600s. On, yeah. I mean, I think uh, Chuck beat Corey 631 to 629 wow that's a semi-pro that's awesome so it just i think a lot of those guys now some of those guys i think were pros that maybe you know i think um chuck had a shoulder surgery or something along those lines so some of them you know were pros that kind of took a step back to try to you know almost like they went down to triple a unfortunately we can't call them up (laughs) mid-season but then but i think that's big for the game too because you have a guy if i'm pronouncing his name wrong i apologize but like Logan Gingras, I think his name is, or Sam Ladotti gets to bowl against those guys, and they get to prove themselves against those guys. And and guys like Chuck, who know all the pros, are saying, "Hey, this guy's pretty good." And I think that all stems from you starting allowing the semi-pro to to kind of formulate. I think that was big. Yeah, and you know that that really wasn't my idea. Um, I, I think it was more just bowlers speaking up, and and you know because we did a we did a ladies division one year too. Yep. Yeah. Um, and you know that went the way it went. It wasn't 
you know, I, I think a lot of the ladies didn't realize the commitment that it was. Yeah. Um, so we didn't we didn't have another one because there was lack of interest, not not for any other reason. I mean, but, it is a lot. It, it is. It is. It is a big 36 commitment. week commitment. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, but it's nice to have the flexibility to schedule your matches whenever you can. Right. Sure. Um, yes. And stuff like that. Um, but, you know, I mean, Kyle and I used to conceptualize stuff like this all the time. I mean, there was a year with the Friday Pro League where there were 16 teams. And, you know, there were a good handful of teams that, I hate to say it, you knew were not making the playoffs. Right. So we discussed, you know, we, we brought up the idea of, you know, why couldn't there be a semi-pro league, uh, a five-man team league? Like, you know, the Scratch Friday Pro League. Um, and you could go anywhere with that. I mean, you could even, like you were saying, um, just for example, like the, the AAA idea. You yeah. know, like, for instance, Sunnyside could have a AAA team and we could call up a bowler if we needed to. Yeah. Um, stuff like that. That that would be kind of cool. Yeah, like, a de- like a developmental kind of. Right, which yeah. is kind of how I saw ACST. It was funny because when it, when I remember Bowen, Eric Seeger, I think the year before there was a semi-pro league. And I joked that it was the ACST Developmental League. And I said, it's the uh, ACSTD. Maybe we shouldn't call ourselves STD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably not a good idea for marketing purposes. Yeah, but. no. You know, um, th- there's just so many ideas out there and, and, and ideas that we don't even we haven't come up with yet. Right. Um, I guess I'll say it's unfortunate that it's all on the bowlers now uh, f- for, for, for the most part. I mean, there was an ICBA championship tournament a couple, what, a, three, four weeks ago. And yeah, daily, daily one, right? He did. Daily win. And, and um, um, Amanda, Amanda Carroll. Yeah. Um, but nobody knew about it, you know, and, and that's the type of thing that's been the, the, the current situation the last several years, maybe since we lost the, the Comcast show, at least. Um, there's just really no presence of a, a, a governing body. Right. I, like, I know ICBA exists. And in fact, Kyle and I were, were part of it at one time. We were associate members as Ali Chad. Um, so you no longer involved in the ICBA? Well, we're not paying members. Okay. Um, a few years back, I was I was asked to be um, part of the Hall of Fame committee, and quite frankly, I don't think I was the right guy. I think it should have been Kyle that they asked. Um, and so, you know, that that was when we elected the class of what eighteen was it? I forget now. Yeah, because they yes. canceled twenty one. Right. Um, and you know, we just we all got together. We we talked about all the nominations and the candidates, and um, essentially, what you do is is they start off by discussing people who have been nominated in the past but didn't get in. So they get a second chance. Um, now, is that forever or is it only one year? That, that I don't – I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I, I think there were people who were more than four years um, since being nominated. So it probably – I don't know if I'd say forever, but um, I don't think they just – discard people after after the second round that they don't get in uh excuse me and then you discuss the current nominations um and essentially what what you do i think you kind of grade all the nominations on a scale from one to ten so if you really think somebody should be in there you give them a ten if you don't think they should be in there you give them a two or a three whatever um and then you add up you you add up all the voting the the voters scores and that you know that tells you who gets in who who doesn't make the cut um 
So is there a number that they have to reach, or is only so many guys, and how does that work? I'm trying to remember now. Um, 75? I think it was something like 75, yeah, or, or low 80, something like that. Yeah. Um, because there were some people who came real close, real, real close. Yeah. Uh, frankly, one of those guys I think should be in there. Um, I'm not going to say who it is, but... We're going to get shirts that say we're not going to name names, but... <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea. That's a good idea. Um I'll just say that the reason he's not in there is 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 a stupid reason. Um, but um, yeah, there were some people who got really really close, and then uh, there there were also people who just blew it away. Like I remember, you know, Tom Surrett was. I we didn't even need to take a vote for Tom Surrett. I mean, we 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 took one, but I don't think anybody gave him less than a nine or a ten. You you knew he was getting it. Um, and it was a shame. Kyle did a really awesome montage of his of footage of him that wasn't shown at the meeting. It was shown at the banquet. Thank God, uh, it didn't just go to waste. But um, you know, it was quite. It was. It was. It was quite an, an, a unique experience. I mean, I was really the only active bowler there. Everybody else was either a Hall of Fame member themselves, or a proprietor, or kind of just knew or was involved in the social aspect of the game. For years and years and years, um, one of those people was Maddie's mom, um, Marianne Kelly. Um, you know, because I she she's not working in anything to do with bowling. She just, I think, was, you know, everybody knew Marianne. Right. I'd say starting in the seventies or so. Um, so she had a good grasp of of people's accomplishments, um, and maybe could even corroborate some of the the documentation submitted for for I, I'd say mostly the women's side, but some of the men too. Um, and you know that that's another I guess kind of flaw of our of our game. I'm sure Kyle could speak about this himself there's just there's no central location for people's achievements um, so i i know um at the last hour on the bear dave barber was talking with kate asking if he if she kept data from all of the stats i guess he's yep. trying to compile as much information as possible um hopefully i didn't leak a story out or anything but he was trying to get as much information because i'm sure that's come up plenty of times where you go to nominate somebody and they say where's the documentation and it's all at this point you know I saw this guy win. I saw this guy throw a 200. Yeah, but it, but it sounds like now at this point, like you have all that documentation, but then you rate him from 1 to 10. I mean, do you guys go over the the, the, um, the data? Oh, definitely. Oh, okay. Um, so we, somebody would recite the nomination form. So, the, you mm. know, whoever nominates somebody, you have to write a, a, a page or two about them. Right. So that would be recited. Um, and then you would, they would, they would, speak about whatever documentation was submitted whether that be newspaper clippings or even like a score sheet of, of a record score something like that um yeah so all that n none of it was was discarded or or you know none of it was all for naught it was all used and in, in worthwhile um i think the scale of one to ten was just to to see who would be you know beat out the right. other candidates i mean it's going to be interesting coming going forward because we're running out of the tv era guys so that was going to be my next do you still do you still have a vote moving forward um frankly i'm not sure i haven't heard from the icba since then um i'd be glad to do it again for sure again i i think kyle should be the guy because in my opinion kyle is cantopin bowling's biggest fan and you know uh Kyle, can you tell me, you know, what Al Johnson threw at the beginning of 1995? I'm sure you could on Channel 5. 
Uh, you mean against Paul Willits? <laughs> See, uh, exactly. Uh, you know, you are the guy for this. That is one of the remarkable, and I know that you know the year before they put the sidekicks in, but uh, to leave three pins up, and and he still. I mean, I remember the first time when you remember uh, when you bowled against Al Frank at yes. uh, at Leo's. The Leo's, yeah. And you can you can tell, or at least I could tell that the cancellation of that show still burns because he said that was my best year. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, he would have, I mean, that live, I mean, obviously, you know, it was January, so there was another, you know, six months to go anyways, at least of tapings. Yep. But, I mean, I can't imagine what that live show would have been because, I mean, Al would had that, you know, 466, I think, and Jack Ray at a 450. They threw it uh, at Reggie, I want to say. Um, yeah, he's well. He started out ten marks in a row, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he called, he called him the legend. <laughs> the legend. He called him the legend during the stand up <laughs> with Gillis. It's like I gotta beat the legend first. <laughs> uh, I bowled but, with uh, Reggie. I, 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 I like Reggie. He's a weird guy, but I liked him. Well, I mean, I remember, you know, my uncle would get the sheets from Reggie. Um, yep. The roll-off you know, sheets. With the roll-off sheets, yep. He had the, the lifetime membership fee, I think. Uh, <laughs> it's like 50 bucks. Yeah, something like that, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I can't imagine back then, because you had all the different areas just for five, yeah. let alone 50. Yeah. That uh, he had to, I imagine, call the different houses for and yeah, get all that lot information. He put a lot of work into that. Yeah, and I, I hope that he was, a you know... That that work was appreciated because there was, I mean, there was a lot to shoot for back then, you know, especially obviously five. But right. Um, anyway, what the hell were we talking about? Well, I think oh, where Jeremy was going to go with it was, you know, with TV going away, like what's going to be the next step? And, and I don't know, you know, Frank, if you have a vote and Kyle, you know, everybody thinks you probably should have a vote. What would be some things? Sorry, Jeremy, for probably jumping your question. What would be That's some fine. things that you guys would look at once the next generation after? TV is up for uh, the Hall of Fame? I would say something like um, World Singles Knockout. I would say Easter probably be at the top of the list. Um, the thing, you know, we're going back to the ICBA championship, I was saying years ago, that should be up there with Easter in mm -hmm. terms of being one of the most important dates on the Candlepin calendar. And it hasn't been that way. And I know that the states aren't anything like it used to be, you know, 30, 40 years ago. Nope. But there still should at least be a presence from the ICBA promoting the states and the state associations. I feel, I mean, I don't know how much they're doing to promote it, I mean, but I don't, um, I don't even know if they have an NBA, like if, if they have meetings, like I don't, I haven't heard of any meetings. I mean, I know when we were in the ICBA, the NHCBA was still meeting, mm -hmm. but I mean, again, you're getting into that, you're getting into a place where, I mean, houses are struggling to survive. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm sure that there are less people than ever bowling. There are, there's a smaller number of scratch bowlers that are bowling at a high level than ever too. So as a house, are you willing to spend that? I mean, I don't know how much they're getting per lane bed, but do you have extra money be, to be kicking out yeah. for things that don't exist? I mean, if you're not running TV, you're not running tournaments. I mean, I know that we should all have standardized rules, but I mean, if if it's between uh, saving your house mm -hmm. 
and paying dues for something that doesn't matter. I don't know. But anyway, getting back to your question, um, I feel like um, if you're pro series, pro bowl of the year, or whatever they call it now, um, I feel like that should merit some serious consideration as well. Yeah, tour wins. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, they make a, a big distinction about, you know, it's not enough to say, okay, I was a member of the, you know, the 2014 international Candlepin championship team. That doesn't matter right. to them. You know, I mean, if you, if you threw a 500 <laughs> in winning the championship, that that's, that's one thing. But, you know, going back to what I was saying, I think the, the singles knockout is a big deal. And obviously I feel like Easter's at the, at the top of the list. Yeah. It's tough because a lot of stuff nowadays, like you think about the, what you brought up about the two scratch leagues, um, it's probably Sunday pro at Exeter and then the Friday night traveling pro league. Um, ACST is a scratch league technically in that singles, but a lot of stuff is, is team-oriented now. So you can get a win by piggybacking on a very good team. True. I mean, I think going in the direction of being team-oriented in this game is important for mm-hmm. the Americans because, mm-hmm. as we've seen in the last mm, – at least the last 20 years anyway, the Canadians, they keep their teams together. Yep. That builds chemistry. They know the captains know where to put their bowlers, where they're comfortable, and I feel like that's why they've had success. Yeah, the I mean, American at, teams yeah, aren't like that. Yeah, I mean, you look at the American teams. I mean, there there are guys that are bowling in the tournament that are looking to leave their team for next year that are talking right. to other teams while they're happening. I mean, right. it just that. So there should be, uh, I mean, I feel like, and I know we're going all around all over the place, but... uh, That's what we do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I feel like that should be a concerted focus, you know? Even just... I feel like it's it it's not easy to be a good captain of a team. I feel like your best captains, and I use this example, I forget with who, but a guy like Chief, you know, like Billy Trefoli, who didn't mm-hmm. really bowl that many strings, he kind of stood back and would just watch, you know? You know, I, I can see this guy is doing this, or, you know, he's starting to struggle, I'm going to move this place, or, you know, this person around here. You know, somebody who's not worried about putting in the strings. Right. Well, that's kind of what that, uh, that's kind of what Todd Harrison does with A plus. Is that, is that right? Yeah. It's interesting. I'm not one hundred percent sure. When we had Tommy Olsta on, he discussed the mentality between the Canadians and the Americans, where they said, you know, he had said Canadians were so team focused. He said that was really never my focus. It was never, you know, if I wanted to prove I was better than you, it wasn't. Hey, let me and my four friends beat you and your four friends. It was let's you and me both. Mm. Oh, that's an interesting way to look at it, but. Um, you're right, Frank, about Todd. Yeah. I mean, hell, I, I, I mean, I remember saying, I, I wish I could have that gimmick, you know, don't bowl, but run the team. <laughs> yeah. Um, because there is something to managing personalities and egos, especially when you're getting into Friday and then into Saturday. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you, if you're good enough to make the playoffs and gauging how many strings that certain guys have, certain guys need to rest other guys, you know, they, they want to be, they want to lead off. They want to be hidden. They want to bowl it, whatever, you know, there's, there are a lot of moving parts to it. If you take it seriously, I mean, let's face it. I mean, half, half the teams are up there to, you know, get loaded and see if they can sleep with their, you know, their teammates, wife or girlfriend while they're there at the same time. So um, what do you mean? I know it's never happened before. You know, I don't know what I'm talking about. Oh boy. 
<laughs> going back to what we've been talking about, I mean, we were, I mean, sure, there are, I mean, there are probably a thousand Easter eggs if you know me well enough and you know my pop culture disturbed brain, you can probably find some of these Easter eggs, but I always tried to treat it seriously because I know that there are teams that look at not just teams, but bowlers that they're not looking to do what I, what I was saying about, you know, screwing around literally. Um, we took it seriously because they took it seriously. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's the way to do it. You know, other shows didn't do that do it like that and that's fine i felt like we tried to do our own thing and try to be unique and be professional and be entertaining it's not easy to do <laughs> all at the same time no well i mean i mean we definitely have appreciated what you guys put out there absolutely like like i said i mean the quality was second to none of, of what was being put out and it was really exciting to hear that you guys were going to be involved with uh, class uh, not classic candle excuse me candle pens for cancer um because when alfie said he had a team and then he mentioned that it was you guys like it was kind of exciting to hear that you guys were making a return to that whole broadcasting thing because you guys i mean if you have to have anybody it's you guys for sure yeah i mean uh, uh, you know i i've always loved to do it and and <laughs> I, even you know examples such as popping my phone on a tripod during a Friday match and and live streaming like that yeah. that you know it, it's almost effortless to do that um, and I feel as though I, you know I've kind of maybe influenced other people to do that now we've got plenty of people streaming other Friday night matches mm -hmm. yep. um, there's either, so much content now yeah yeah and and not just not just Friday night but you know ACST everyone's everyone's got their little tripods and ACST Nico Chicha there's so oh, much out there right now exactly all that stuff and and I'm glad that people have realized you know you can get decent content with little effort by mm -hmm. doing that um, of course that's not what we would ever put out there as a professional product but right. um, you know I, hopefully Kyle and I and, and Rich back in the day have had some kind of influence on people I think uh, absolutely. You, you, you definitely have because when I first you know when I first discovered that you guys had this podcast I went okay and and uh, don't take it as like wow anybody can have a podcast that's not what I like what I mean but I always thought when I first started listening to podcasts it was like oh you have to be somebody to like make one it was like Oh, like, like we can do this. Like, it, yeah. It, yeah. it's not, it's not hard. Yeah. With minimal equipment, you know, especially with, with iPhones and iPads and Androids yeah. and stuff these days, you can get really high quality audio and video in many cases, yeah. if you want to do a video podcast. Um, and you know, you can do that in, in, in whatever room you're sitting in right now. Um, you know, you don't need this big fancy studio and stuff. Um, and like you were Even saying, you ended up building one in your, in your basement. Well, true. Yeah. <laughs> As I said, I get a little carried away sometimes. Um, but, um, you know, I, I, I like you were saying, Jeremy, a anybody can do it. I mean, you look at like every, how many celebrities don't have a podcast these days? And I think that they all do because it it's just simple to do. It's it not it's not regulated. You can say whatever the fuck you want. Right. Um, pardon Wait, my French. Beat that out. Yeah. Now we gotta do work. <laughs> no, it, it it wasn't that. It was uh, you can't. I feel like now nowadays you you have to be careful with what you say depending on the topic. But uh, at least in terms of bowling. 
Um, I mean, the sky's the limit. I'm surprised yeah. that, in some ways, I'm surprised that it hadn't been done before, especially because there wasn't any TV yeah. um, going on. You yeah, know? I definitely think there was a hole for a while between, you know, 50 and you guys. Well, Comcast, I think 09 was the last, 08 or 09, I think was the last year. It was, it was oh, oh, the 08, 09 season. Gotcha. And so you're talking you know, what, I, you guys said 15, Valentine's <laughs> Day 15, so you're talking six years of a hole. Mm. And and for all that time, I can just remember, like, you know, bowling in the Tuesday the, the, the Tuesday League that used to be at, at Fairway, um, mm. talking to all those guys who are mostly, and then that, there were a lot of pros in that league, uh, and many of them bowled on Comcast, just, just talking to those guys saying, you know, because I was kind of new to the pro scene at that point, and I was saying, right. you know, why, what's, what's the obstacle? What's been so difficult? about keeping it on the air and stuff and a lot of the guys would say oh everything's been tried we've approached all these sponsors and this and that and no, nobody wants to do it so then it's you know the idea just popped in my head well why can't we do it you know right um and and that was i guess kind of the the inception of it way back when it took a while for me to act on it and actually bring my ideas to, to, to Kyle or Rich. Um, but, and you know, that's one thing I'll say is that when I first, cause Kyle, we, we, we had spoken on social media for what, a couple of years before we even met. Yeah. I was and, like, um, was your first year Candlewood 12 or 13? It was 12. Yeah, it was 12. So I was, I had another stretch in 12 when I was, bedridden for another year yeah and um i was you know you're not doing anything you're just on your phone and i remember just throwing uh candle pin in the the uh the search field in in twitter and that's how i found frank because mm-hmm. my dad bowled in um gillette had a league like friday nights at candlewood my dad uh bowled in that and my uncle did too so um off and, and you, on you we actually talk have- a couple of years you had some pretty awesome footage of that as well. Yeah, yeah. One of my uh, <laughs> another uncle, actually a great uncle. Um, I, I pulled that down. I should probably upload it again. Yeah, but it did include the best. Uh, actually, Surrett said that my dad's double was the quickest strike in the history of the of the house. Oh wow! <laughs> and he would know. Yeah. He should know. Yes. Yeah, he would know. But uh, yeah, that's the whole that's the whole weird thing. Like we um, we actually met. Um, the night of the banquet that Olsta went in. Right. That's right. Um, so that was, that was like, cause that was the first time I actually, you know, met Olsta in person. Cause we had that long phone call and then we only talked for like, we could only talk for like 20 minutes at Riverwalk yeah. before uh, we had to leave. Right. To get to the banquet. <laughs> right. Um, but, but um, yeah. Know. And then, and then, um, you were, you were in Europe Yes. Starting and then, was it the second, the second or the third ladder on Classic Candlepin? I want to say it was the third. Okay, because uh, I don't think Rich was there that time. I I don't recall. Yeah, but anyway, um, yeah, the first time we worked together, it just it, uh, we just had that chemistry and it worked, right. and we had a we had we happened to have um, a great semifinal. Um, <laughs> match between Fuller and Chester Cove went yeah. into overtime. I blew the call on the, the final <laughs> ball of the box, which, uh, of the match in regulation, which was fantastic. And, well, uh, it was I mean, just so a, exciting. 
Yeah, it I, was. I think I you mean, were overwhelmed. I remember you said you needed a cigarette after that. <laughs> that's true. I and did. You, you yeah. don't even smoke. I should have just. I should. That's true. I should have just. <laughs> I should have just uh, inhaled from the Lafayette Club. Yeah. That would have been enough to suffice, but right. uh, I mean that's that's the other thing that's crazy. I mean, I never thought I would be calling matches that my friends would be competing in, like, and some of them on the biggest stages that we have. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, that's again, that's technology, that's opportunity, and it's some of it's luck, but it's a lot of hard work too. But it, it is ultimately it's very rewarding. I mean, I. Oh, it's just it's crazy. So what? ultimately made you guys take a step back away from alley chat as much as you guys had been doing it when it had started uh we knocked our wives up yes <laughs> that's exactly correct yeah well don't tell kate because she'll make me stop doing these i don't well, know where i you know you are blessed i don't know where you find the time or you know even the fact that she allows you to do all this stuff is just amazing don't tell well, he's you. also he's also at work right now so oh yeah. okay Oh. Even better. Well, there you go. That's perfect. I am at the um, alley, yes. Nice. That's awesome. Um, yeah, that, that that's it in a nutshell. It's just, you know, uh, you, you, both you guys know, yeah. uh, aside from Kyle, uh, like, you know, when you have kids, you just don't have the time to do stuff anymore. Um, <clears throat> and that's not a bad thing. I mean, of course you want to prioritize your kids. Of course. Um, but some of the stuff that was more recreational or, or just you did it for fun sometimes has to take the back burner um you know luckily i was able to get an exception for alfie's show yeah uh which you know i'm excited to, i'm excited for the next roll off so or next taping which we don't yeah. know when that will be yet but um you know we've already been able to purchase some new equipment to make things better um nice so that we can utilize Brendan a little better, get him, get him on a, a, can you put a him to work. Yeah. That's the idea. <laughs> um, you know, at the last taping, all I had him doing was toggling a camera back and forth from lane one to lane two. And we, we should be using, you know, he's way far more capable than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wants to do more than that because he was standing up on a shitty bowling table and his back <laughs> was killing him. So uh, we don't want to, we don't want any work injuries. Don't, don't want to break up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, no, let's not break Brendan. Yeah, uh, he's too valuable to us. But, um, you know, ultimately what I'd like to do is, is kind of get something like the Channel 5 bowler camera where um, the operator is, is mo- it's not a static camera. It's moving with the bowler and, you know, he'd be able to zoom in and out um, with by using the little uh, pan handle rather than right. mm-hmm. uh, right. having to fiddle with things. Uh, you know, but all this stuff, it costs money. And, you know, we're working our way towards getting better and and more equipment i think i think that show has a ton of potential yeah i think i mean Al, alfie's thinking huge and yeah. something some, and, and sometimes and he's talking with the casino expanding like it can only get bigger you know uh i'm very optimistic about it <clears throat> um i think once we get this first run out there it's going to be really eye-opening for people because they're going to say oh my god so and so just won do you know jeremy still won't tell me who won well he we were we signed an nda (laughs) so Uh, rude i thought we were friends (laughs) but uh you know the winner of that show uh jeremy if correct me if i'm wrong won two grand two thousand dollars so that's not small change (laughs) you know that's the winner not not the other three three guys that that didn't second place get a grand or something like that too 
Second place got a thousand. Yeah, that's great money. You know, that's unheard of. Um, yeah. Kyle, I, I don't, I don't know if I told you that, Kyle. Um, but you know that that's that surpasses even Channel Five money by a lot. And, and obviously, without giving anything away, the the, the 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 ending was incredible. Yeah, unbelievable match, uh, Kyle. It rivals uh, the the Chester Cole Fuller match. Um, but you know, on top of that, two thousand dollars, Alfie was also given up bonus money for three marks in a row. Yep. You know, winner, so winner of each string. He he kept having to run to the bank. <laughs> <laughs> literally, I mean, literally, he did leave the alley, leave the leave the house, to go to the ATM because he was like, "Oh shit, I didn't bring enough money with me." Yeah, uh, one of the things <laughs> I've said in a lot of podcasts is like, you look at what you guys have done and the ripple effect that it's had throughout the game. Um, you know, I said it at the, at the beginning. I don't think um, the approach exists without you guys. Um, you look at what Alfie's doing for the game. There's so many people and there's so many things that that are exciting that people want to do for the game, and I I, I think that's what what we're going to need to take us to the next to the next level not just sustain just to, to to grow yeah well, uh kyle no go ahead frank well i mean i was going to say um and i'm um i don't want to like i know you're telling us that we influenced you guys and i don't want to take a ton of credit but you can take a ton of credit i was about uh, to say you should yeah i'm i'm glad that there's not just you guys but uh, my understanding is that there's another can't open bowling cup podcast out there yes um so i i've always thought the more the better you know yeah there were there were people who would approach me when we were doing alley chat saying hey i, I want to come promote my house league and you know in the back of my mind i'm thinking all right th- that's great but like you know I've, I've purchased all this equipment and stuff to have content that kyle and i come up with um not 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 really be a commercial for your house right. league i mean that's great that you want to do that but the more the merrier go you know make a podcast with your iphone or with your whatever minimal equipment you have well and, and that was my whole thought process when you know i when i said to danny i'm like yeah I and mean, we thought about this a couple of years ago we talked about it just like in just like hey, you know we because he he will tell me you know who was on joe rogan's podcast or whatever and we yeah. talk about that i'm like we should do a podcast. Like, and we would say it for over and over and over for, for two years. And we just never did it. It was just like, kind of like, ah, we should start a podcast. And then, you know, finally, I mean, I know, I know you know, Tim has his podcast, so yeah. they're ripping the rack and they, and they do a good job. I want, I, I don't want to step on their toes. I don't want to step. I was thinking more content. Exactly. And that's all it was. Like, I'm not trying to take away from them. I'm not trying to take away from what you guys did. I'm not trying to take away from anything else. It was just like, hey, I want to talk to bowlers. I want to hear their stories. And it's just basically me being a nerd. Yeah. Like I, that, and that's what it is. Well, and then, too, working at the bowling alley, and, you know, I know Jeremy left us and uh, broke my heart. But when we a lot of times working at a bowling alley or just bowling or being around bowlers, you end up in these long-winded conversations with people and they're great. And then it was like, well, why don't you just put a mic in front of it? Because there's so many great stories out there. And, you know, as you said, we've had, uh, this is podcast number 17. Um, every one of them has been an interview. And I know Rip in the Rack, great podcast, but they're they're a different setup than we are, which they are. I think they do a great job. Ours is more interview-based. Let's tell some stories. Let's hear, you know, how did you get into bowling? What was the history like? Things like that. You know, I, I think you hit it from so many different angles, and there's enough for everybody to listen to. You can't be bored. Yeah, there's no one size fits all. Right. Um, and you know, I always just encourage people to do stuff like this. They, they, I don't think many people realize how simple it is to do. They think it's this monumental task, and it, you know, it just it, it's 
as technolo- technology improves, it gets easier and easier to do this stuff. Right. right. Um, Jeremy's letting out all the secrets. This is easy. No, take them, <laughs> take them, and run with them. Um, you know, I'm not saying you're going to get Elon Musk on your podcast to smoke weed with you like Joe Rogan. <laughs> but, Did you ever uh, see his first podcast? Joe Rogan? No. Yeah. Uh, watch it. It's a mess. <laughs> yeah. And, and he's got know, like th- snowflake effects going down. They just spent the first <laughs> half hour giggling at the buttons that they could click. And, but it could show you now with some multi-million dollar Spotify yeah. podcast. Not that I'm yeah. saying that's our goal by any stretch. We don't, I don't, we don't have this contacts, but it's just, uh, it's funny to see where that came from and what it became. And, and there's so many, on an iPhone. Hey, we've made nineteen dollars in like ad revenue. Let's so go. Actually, <laughs> technically really? more than that. If you, yeah. So, yeah. So on wow. Anchor, you can, you can, um, they'll give you like a little spot to read like before the thing, and it's like ten cents for every listen or something, or a pen, <laughs> or whatever it is. Like it's minimal. Although Bob Lee sponsors us five bucks a month. Oh, there you and then go. we got and then we got yeah. the other sponsorship too as well. We did. Yeah. Which is. From, um, oh, you're going to put me on the spot. David Rando. Oh, uh, okay. Um, Tax Strategies Pro. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Nice. Jeremy's, oh, yeah, 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 and our biggest sponsor so far. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, he has no idea what you're talking about. I forgot, I I, I had forgot that that he did that. I I still have to make up an ad for him. Way to go. Yeah. So, Frank, um, can I talk ACST with you? Sure. Number one question. Do you want it back? You can can also talk with with Kyle about it, not just me. Well, do you want it back? Uh, No. (laughs) So... (laughs) <laughs> did you? So you guys created the concept together? Is that how this whole thing started? Um, did we? Not for nothing, so. but it helped with a picture. Just saying. Yes, that's true. That's how it spawned. Actually, that's you, true. Yeah, I remember that. You, Jeremy, you bowled in the singles league when whatever it was called back then, if it even had it. It was, it was just called like the head-to-head league. Yeah, head-to-head league, where you traveled, you know, to your opponent's house, and they did the same, yeah. and it was scratch, right? Yeah. Um, who, it, did Mac run it or Hodge ran it or Mac, something like Macintosh that? ran that one. Okay. Um, and you posted a photo of your results of a match on Facebook years ago. Yeah, it was a laminated schedule that Mac, Macintosh gave out to everybody. Oh, yeah, the schedule. Yes, okay. It was, okay. On, it was on my fridge for like yep. 10 years. <laughs> yep. And then... You know, meanwhile, I had been thinking about running something like that because I, I had heard about it happening. And, you know, it, it was kind of one of those things where I, I had conceptualized it but didn't want to tell anyone about it because then someone else would steal it and run away with it and make millions of dollars like <laughs> you're doing right now, Danny. Yep. Uh, but Million, Millions of crypto something. Yeah. $19 well, hey, at a time. I'll take crypto all day. Um, but you posted that and then Cheech texted me and was like, hey, you know, I saw Jeremy's picture and I've been thinking about doing a singles league or whatever. Cheech was like, I'm not involved in enough stuff. (laughs) I know. Well, back then he wasn't. Back then he wasn't. Um, And he said, you know, he was like, do you think anyone would be be interested in that? I'm like, Cheech, I've got all these ideas. Let's go in on this together. So, um, you know, we started with the 32-man scratch pro league. Um... I, I don't know what your distance limitations were, Jeremy, in that league, but it, Cheech was the one I who said think there were. Yeah, yeah. Cheech was the one who said, "All right, let's do like we want to get this out there, out there. So let's do like a ninety-minute travel limit." And I was like, "Well, okay, you know, if you really want to do that, that's fine." Uh, I thought it would be too much for some people or many people, um, but we got we got thirty-two guys relatively quickly. Yeah. 
Um, and we were we were shocked. I mean, that's what made us go into doing the the women's the next year because we, some of the signups were were ladies. Yeah. And. Eventually, they had backed out because they thought it would be too much for them. But, you know, we, we uh, I guess Cheech talked to Amy Doobie at the, the Pro League, uh, Exeter Pro League, and she said, you know, we really would love to have a women's division. So so we developed that as well. Um, How many seasons did that, did that last? The women's just one. Or two? Just, it was one. just one. It was just one. So the first season was, was men only, 32 guys. Second season was men... 32, 32 men, uh, plus the women's league, which was, tw- I think, 20. Yeah, that sounds right. He made it work somehow with 20. Um, and then that faltered. The third year was 32 men um, pro. And then was it 20 guys in the semi-pro? We had 12. 12. Tw- oh, 12. Wow. And you okay. could travel anywhere from Ryan's and Millis to Ryan's and Millis. <laughs> right, because there were like 11 guys there. Yeah, I think yeah. there was eight. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, so that was that was the COVID year, of course. So everything yeah. kind of got screwed up. Um, and now, how many how many guys do you have in? We have two leagues of thirty two. Wow. Yeah. I, wow. Didn't realize, I didn't even realize we were up to thirty two. And yeah, semi pro got thirty two. And unfortunately, we, we had a we lost a few bowlers for different reasons, injuries, and mm-hmm. one didn't have fun or whatever. I don't want to get into. I won't name names, but yeah, uh, the last. We had a uh, person that no longer bowls in the league, and I had made a post that we're looking to replace the bowler. I had five people interested in taking that spot. Well, you know, when it was when it was me and Cheech running it, and I was looking, you know, I was the one looking at or getting all the Facebook Messenger requests and stuff. Yeah. Um, throughout the season, I had so many guys uh, send send messages throughout the whole season. Hey, how can I get involved? This is awesome. I really want to do this. Blah blah blah. And you know, it kind of sucked to say, well, you have to wait until. This Next whole thirty six week thirty six week season is is over, but you know it was encouraging to see that so many people wanted to do it. Right, because you had so, a lot more technological things that you you did that I don't like the Twitter feed. I don't have that going. I know you and I discussed it with Brendan. Um, you had a lot of stuff that was all firing together. Well, I I thought it was important for the the league to be able to to know what was going on. Uh, you know, uh, semi real time. Mm-hmm. So the way that worked was we had a Google form where people would submit the results of their matches. Now it was up to the home bowler uh, to submit the results of the matches. And sometimes the home bowler would win or uh, sorry, sometimes the home bowler would lose and be pissy about it and wouldn't post the results. And I would have to chase them down. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of a problem. We, you know, what's the solution to that though? Maybe you make the winning bowler the guy responsible for submitting the scores because he's happy he won. Right. Um, <clears throat> but that's beside the point. That Google form would then feed uh, data into a bot that would automatically post the scores um, and tally up the total and the points. Uh, and that would automatically go to Twitter and Facebook. So whoever's following uh, the ACST accounts on both Facebook or Twitter would know what's going on right. within 15 minutes of those results being po- posted by the bowler because uh, it would grab it would grab new data every 15 minutes. Um, I think that was pretty cool. Um, uh, yeah. You know, the Google form itself made it much easier for me to do stats because it was in a certain format. So people could only submit 
numbers, no letters. Right. Um, and then I could copy and paste those numbers into my templates and run macros with Excel and calculate all these totals and, and scores and stats that were probably useless. But, you know, um, <laughs> you know, maybe Bob Lee would like it. I'm sure he uh, <laughs> would enjoy it. Um, but, yeah, I would say... Like March, April of this year is when I kind of felt like I needed to just step back and bowl and enjoy it. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you stayed bowling with it. I know I asked you, and at one point you were kind of 50-50 on it. And then yeah. Um, and again, it that meant had, a lot to me that you stayed in it. Well, I, you know, I, th- that again has more to do with just being a family of four now. Right. Uh, whereas Bruno, uh, he's six years old now, so he's 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 a lot more independent than a, an infant or or a, right. a toddler. Uh, but now I've got to drive him to hockey three day, three damn days a week and soccer and baseball. And does he bowl at all? He does bowl. He bowls the the Woburn Kids League, um, which, you know, we could do a whole different podcast on that. But um, I'm sure we will. But, yeah, he's the, he, he, he loves doing every activity under the sun, and I couldn't be happier. So I want to I want to have more time for that. Right. Understandable. Yeah. Frank, did, oh, was oh, our sorry, first uh, Kyle? Oh, I was just going to say, was our first venture into filming matches? Uh, was that Nico? Um, yeah, was at Lita, right? Well, uh, there were matches that led up to that, but I believe wasn't there um, like Keith against Boudreaux at uh, <laughs> from Wakefield? Oh, or something? Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that was the infamous Wakefield match. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, 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 the one that I had to I had to beep out Boudreaux Correct. at the end. Yes, yes. <laughs> Which he that thanked came up, for later. That came up on the podcast we had with Boudreaux, and I didn't know anything about that, so I had to go home and find it. It's a classic. If you have, raw, classic. If you have the raw file, I would love to see it. <laughs> I'm sure I do somewhere. Um, and you, the classic red face Boudreaux, uh, because he was so mad. But um, a great match, though. Yeah. Oh, it was. It was a fantastic match. Um, but, yeah, the, I... I think um, Norcross and I called that one, if I'm not mistaken. I um, think so. And let's see. We did a couple with, uh, well, Freshie against Brian Fournier. Oh, the the Fuller Boudreaux the match. Fuller, the Fuller Boudreaux. Yeah, it was like 692, 691. Oh, my God. Uh, you know, that, yes, that was the correct score. And, you know, I had never seen anything like that. It was just they both won that match you know let's face it like that's the best bowling you could ever see yeah uh between between two guys and and you know and and consider consider like if we didn't do stuff like that lost it would just be a story yeah yep you know kind of like my match with cheech meanwhile you're texting me why aren't you streaming this exactly (laughs) because you you what'd you throw i threw 670 and i lost Right. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, like, wouldn't you love to watch it over and over again? No, he wouldn't. No. <laughs> no. Uh, I know. I'm kidding. Cheech but, me. Yeah, perhaps. <laughs> but, you know, stuff like that, it's just exciting. You, you could go back yeah. and, and, and and watch that stuff. Like, yeah. um, one example, Kyle, I'm not, I, I'm, I don't know if you'll remember this, but I had elbow surgery, and it was my first week back in the Pro League after, after the summer. And I think I opened up with, like, an 86 game. Like, just terrible. It was at Woburn. Um, I was nervous. I didn't know if I'd be able to hold on to the ball. And obviously, it showed in that first game. But then um, my second game was like a 160-something. And I remember telling Kyle, because that Kyle, that's when you were doing the Friday recaps. I said, please, please, please make it a point 
out of out of reasons for comedy, that I have both the league high single and the league low single <laughs> just for this week. Um, you know, it, it just and, and we can go back and watch that. Yeah. You know, it's kind of cool. It is. You know, yeah. I scroll through like the alley chat. So, I, you know, obviously the administrator of the alley chat Facebook page and I go through like the, the video section and there's like hundreds of videos up there now. Oh, yeah. You know, so and it's there forever. I mean, unless Trump's new platform takes it over in February. God uh, bless. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, um, yeah, I was going to say we're, we're, we're at about an hour and a half. And wanted to start wrapping it up. Yep. Now I feel like I have to ask my patented question. Um, if, if both you and uh, Kyle, who was your favorite bowler to either watch or just you know, who, who was your guy? I feel like Kyle's was probably Mike Sargent from what he was talking about earlier. Oh, I can't name just one though. I mean, well, said nobody the, can. Yeah, I mean, my first, my first. Uh, TV taping was 27. I was three. And uh, Charlie threw a triple. Jutras threw a triple to beat Jim Johnson. And uh, I was one of those kids that got one of Charlie's trophies. So, um, you know, uh, so initially it was Charlie Jufus, as I called him when I was three. (laughs) And then, uh, you know, for Mike for a long time. And then um, uh, I mentioned Tom Morgan before. But, I mean, there's so many guys. I mean, it's... Um, and so many memories and, and so many friendships, you know, I mean, it's, I can't nail down one, but Frank, I know who you're going to say. Yeah. It's, uh, it's the bowler that everybody probably says to that question, you know, Saturday mornings was for old stuff. It was, um, you know, like that's what I remember doing with my dad in the late, late eighties, early nineties was just you know, hoping to see Olsa in the next week. Um, you know, because I was young, I didn't really realize how they came back after they won and stuff like that. I just, I just thought they found two guys to bowl and then they put them on TV. But, <laughs> right. but you know, um, the guy was like a celebrity to me. He was, you know, like, like, like what c- celebrity to everybody. Yeah, like what Kyle was saying about Sergeant being Larry Bird. You know, it's the same, same type of deal. Um, but at the same rate, like Kyle said, also you can't really name just one guy, right? You know, there are there are people that um, you have the have the fortunate or you're fortunate enough to have personal interactions with. Like when I was bowling in that Tuesday league, um, you know, guy like Sammy D'Agostino kind of mm-hmm. saw that I was decent and drafted me for, for the uh, Sunday Pro League. And that nice. really exposed me to a lot of other people. So he kind of got me involved and, and saw that I was somewhat talented. I was more talented then than, than I am now, but um, also younger and skinnier. But, um, you know, I, I really appreciate those personal interactions. Bobby Whitcomb mm-hmm. is one of them. You know, it just you, you're not going to come across Bobby Whitcomb and, and walk away right. saying like, "Wow, that guy was a dick," or or <laughs> right. or, right, or right. you know, it's just, it's it's impossible. Um, guys like watching like you know Alfie Johnson being lights out on Channel Five toward the end. Um, you know, there there isn't just one, but. You know, Olst is the guy that you look at. So I look at the photo that he and I took a photo that day that Kyle interviewed him at Riverwalk. And I look at that and I and that's like 
I look at that and say, wow, I'm, I'm there posing with like a famous guy. Well, and like when that would when be me, of Danny course. And, yeah, of course. When, yes, indeed. <laughs> when Danny and I sat down and talked with him, you know, you know, we got a picture with him afterwards. Or when he first came in, like I'm thinking, I'm going back to being an eight year old, right. thinking like this guy's larger than life and all this stuff. And then when we sat down, and he's like, you know, like I, I don't know you guys, but you know what? I feel like we're all friends. I'm like, and I'm sitting there looking at Danny, like, yeah, we're friends. I actually remember that segment of the, the podcast because I listened yeah. to it. But um, yeah, is these, that our top rate? Is that our top listen to podcast? Yeah, it's at um, 350 listens, I think. Something like that. Not bad. That's pretty good. This will yeah. shatter it, I'm sure. Yeah, this is going to go through the stratosphere. Well, uh, Frank, when is this going to air? <laughs> is it uploaded yet? <laughs> when are you going to upload this show, Danny? Uh, as soon as I can, probably in about five years. Okay. Well, can you keep me updated? I want to watch it right away. Just email me once uh, every five minutes, and I'll let yeah. you know. Oh, man. You know, there. That's that goes back to, you know, the don't read the comments and stuff. And I know people have the best of intentions, but sometimes they can just rub you the wrong way when they, yeah. when they get a little impatient. But um, I think that's just the nature of it, and it shows enthusiasm. So That's the other side, too. I was going to say exactly. it shows people are excited for your product. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, but, but. you know, it, it, it's, it took me a little while to realize that, and I hope I didn't burn any bridges with people <laughs> uh, getting angry with them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But uh, no, I, I want to thank you guys for coming on the show and doing this with us. Yeah, you know, you. it was it's a, it's been a long time coming. And yeah. you guys are obviously more than welcome to come back anytime you want. Oh, Absolutely. thank you. I had a great thank time. Um, yeah, hopefully we can do more in the future. And I look forward to uh, the cl- all the class. Uh, Candle pins for cancer thing. I think that's only yeah, going to get too. better. You know, I, think so I agree. I agree. Uh, it always takes that first couple to get really get going, and then. Well, like I said, once people start to realize the prize money, <laughs> yeah, that's eye opening. Yeah. Um, he did that with eighteen guys. Yeah. Imagine if he I gets know. forty, fifty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's for a fantastic cause too. Absolutely. You know, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yeah. So right. well, thank, thank you guys th- so th- much. Thank you guys so much. No, thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, I can't wait to listen to it. In five minutes. So, in five yes, minutes. Go, uh, go minutes upload it. Yes. <laughs> God damn it. When are you going to upload this? I want more content. <laughs> now. Now. <laughs> that was a good long conversation. That was a lot more information than my brain's going to be able to retain. That's one that, not that I don't listen to all these, that one I think I have to listen to two or three times just to make sure I got it all. Because there's a lot of, a lot of information there to digest. It, it, it was. And... And those are two two guys that we probably could have on individually because I think oh, Frank, easily. yeah, Frank has a whole his whole bowling career. We really didn't get into his injury, how he battled back. We really didn't get into that. And Kyle, geez, you want to talk about another historian of the game? You know, you talk about guys. Was it Sweeney, O'Dowd? We had Norcross on, and, and Kyle. I mean, the, the knowledge between those four four guys, and I'm sure I'm missing a lot more. Um, just just from the historical point of view of what they've seen, is incredible. So we may have them back at some point separately. So no, I, I, I definitely agree. I, I really enjoyed the story of how you know Alichak got started, yeah. and and just how much of a perfectionist or perfectionists you know that they are. I to love put that out. you messed up the word perfectionist, and we're not going to edit it. 
that's fine. <laughs> Fair. There's so many things that that you know you stumbled on that I left in. Oh, for sure. I just uh, it just was very fitting that that was the word <laughs> that you uh, stumbled over. Frank is such a per- perfectionist. But but yeah, I mean, just he's not going to put out subpar exactly. content and and I love the fact too that you know it reminded me when he was talking about that it was an idea that they had had you know and they sat on for a couple of years. We kind of did the same thing. Oh, yeah. Not before that, but I just oh, the of idea of you know we you said it, you know we should do a podcast and we just sat on it, sat on it, sat on it. I think it was, I think I'm pretty sure I said that weekly. It's like oh yeah, we should do that, we should do that, we should do that, we should do that, and then it yeah. like went away, and then all of a sudden it was just like let's just do it. Yeah, we, screw it. And then we wanted to get Frank and Kyle to be our first guests. Right. And, uh, just unfortunately, we couldn't make it work right away. Um, so we had some guy, I forget his name, Craig something from Holbrook. I don't remember. I think yeah, I think you Craig from Holbrook. Craig, I think he, yeah. I, I, yeah, something like that. Yeah. He might have called into 98.5. The something like that. I can't really remember. But he uh, obviously, you know, so we had Craig Holbrook be our first guest, which, you know, I think is a pretty uh, pretty solid first guest. Yeah. Yeah, so, it's definitely a good launching pad. Um, you know, and, and again, I've said it before. We were just talking to a couple of people on our Wednesday Night League tonight uh, when we recorded this, uh, the uh, Spare Thoughts. You know, a lot of it is just, uh, you know, a platform for people to share their stories. It is. Um, and it's, it's all there in the library for anybody to go back and, you know, hopefully 10, 15, 20 years from now, somebody goes back and, you know, maybe somebody has a Hall of Fame induction and they can go back and listen to the podcast and hear some stories that they told at the time. So, and hopefully we have a couple of these people more than once. Oh, absolutely. So we had, uh, unfortunately, we don't know the results of King of the River. Uh, so there's, unfortunately, uh, we're missing out on that one. But we do know the results of the Halloween scramble. And by know the results, I see the names up here. I don't see last names. So I apologize in advance. So game one, we had Aaron and Dom against JJ and Jerry. And Aaron and Dom took that game home. Josh and Kathy defeated them in game two. Joey and Hey Hey defeated Rio and Aaron. Wait, hey, hey. Oh, no, Hey Hey and Dean. Hey Hey? Hey Hey, yeah. I think that that's the chicken from Moana, right? I think so. So I did not know the chicken from Moana Bolt. Huh. Do we know? I don't. don't I, I honestly, don't, I don't know. I don't know who that is. So, oh. if anyone knows who Hey Hey is, yeah, know. we'll give them a shout out with their full name. If somebody gives us more information for uh, next week's podcast. It is interesting that they have the different partners every round. So it says game one, Aaron and Dom beat it. Beat, beat it. Beat. <laughs> We're not editing that out either. Uh, beat JJ and Jerry. Josh and Kathy beat Hey Hey and Dean. Joey and Hey Hey beat Rio and Aaron. Ken and Ron beat Aaron and Anthony. Jeremy and Dom beat Joe and Josh. You know what we should do, which we've never done before? On our next Spare Thoughts, why don't we see if we can get uh, Matt Susi on. We'll do a Zoom with him because it'll be a short bit. Maybe he can recap the event for us just quickly. That'd be fantastic. I mean, he's somebody that we want to have like for longer, but I feel like we're not doing this tournament justice. No. And I don't think it's fair to them. So let's see. Let's Matt, if you're listening, for the next Spare Thoughts, we will do, uh, we'll have you call in, so to speak, and you can recap the event for us. But it says the uh, elimination round, first place, Hey Hey and David went 287. Katie and Joey went 250. One Keith and Susan went. It doesn't say what they went. They just won two hundred dollars. And Matt and Colby won one sixty. And Hey Hey and David won four sixty. So I mean, there's good money being thrown around over there. So yeah, absolutely cool for a first new tournament. And again, I didn't fully understand everything that went on. So hopefully, we'll get Matt in here and explain it to us. We have anything else exciting? Well, we had Phil Clough. Yeah, through the, the duck same. Pinballer? Yeah, the well and candle pinballer. <laughs> Wait, I mean, I can't. Was this in the same day? It was the same day. Yeah, same day. He throws a four twelve in duck pin. Yep. And then throws a 412 in Candlepin. Now, oh. mind you, I mean, going by 
Tommy Olster's words, I mean, what, what is he, 100 years old right now? <laughs> it's crazy how that's, you want to talk consistency, that's incredible. Obviously, the 412 being more impressive in Candlepin. Right. I, don't, I don't know how impressive it is in Duckpin. Someone once told me, add 20 pins. I don't know how true that is. So if you take 60 out, that's th- still a three. Right. I mean, I, I don't think it's a bad day. No, it's still a, so if you take 60 pins away from a 412, it's what, three... 52, 362? Yeah, something It's like a good day. 117, 118, two Camelton standards. And I don't even know if that's accurate. That's just something someone told me, so I'm going to repeat forever. But, but just the odds of throwing the exact same score in the same day. Do you think he knew? Do you think he was looking up at the score saying, if I get a nine on this box? <laughs> I feel like no. I feel like no, too. I think at that point, you're just bullying. I, I think he just looked at the score and went, huh. Yeah, right? I, I, I did that earlier. I think, it, I think Phil's one of those guys, too, and I could be wrong, has like all of his stats. Yes. So, somebody else we need to have on this show as well, I think. Yeah, he's he's definitely one. I mean, he's another guy who has probably 60 years of, of bowling stories. and That's just the second half of his bowling career. <laughs> Sorry, Phil. Love you. Outrun the Bear champion, I have to say it. Yes. So, that was the farthest I ever went in Outrun the Bear. I came in fourth. And we paid the top three back then. The old, yeah, the old guy that you said you could yeah, probably yeah, yeah. So that was uh, I was like a ninety four average, and everybody walked in, and I went, "Oh my god, there's not one person, there's not one person in this group that I can beat." Except that old guy, I can probably beat him. I'd never met him before. <laughs> I didn't know anything about bowling. I just threw the ball, pins it over the best. Leave me alone. And he ended up winning the whole thing. He beat uh, Sean Taylor, I believe, in the finals of that one. Yeah, I think you're right. Sean's been around the end a few times, just never taking it all the way home. So, all right. Well, I think that's all we have. That's all I have anyways. Yep, oh, no, no, no. Nope. That's not all we have. Uh-oh. We want to give our best to, of course, to Mario. Oh, yes, definitely. Um, for anybody listening, I'm sure there's anybody who's listening, I'm sure has already seen it, but uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Is it Riva or Riva? I think it's Riva. Riva. I'm sorry. And we, I we, could be wrong, but... So if we pronounce your name wrong, I apologize. But Evan Riva and Maddie Kelly uh, posted that they're doing a fundraiser for the bracelets, pink bracelets with uh, Mario's name on it. And I think the money goes to uh, breast cancer ch- uh, charity. So uh, obviously get well soon, Mario. You know, we wish you the best, and you know, we want to give our love and support as well. Yeah, I mean, if there if there's anybody in the Canopin community that is more of a cheerleader, oh yeah, for anybody, exactly. And I mean, I've I've known Mario. I mean, not on a you know, you know close level, but yeah. I've been bowling in tournaments and pro tours with her for the last. 23 years. Yeah, she's uh, a fierce competitor of the top female bowlers. Still, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, wish her the best. I think she's still bowling, which is great. So, uh, you know, I think things are going. Uh, I don't want to speak because I don't honestly don't know, but, uh, you know, hopefully quick recovery, quick return, and everything goes goes well. So, we want to give our love uh, to Mario and, and her family. Absolutely. So, that's all I have. Yep, that's all I got. Until next time.